Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Recorded live. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to AGP. As always, AGP is brought to you by the wonderful sponsors of Gem City Comic Con, Hazem Productions, Scott Comics, and, of course, Mark Kidwell, comic creator. Now, everybody knows this is my favorite time of the year, and I'm overly excited because it's Halloween. And to whet your appetite on things that are creepy and scary, I am bringing back my really good friend, Rob Bowley, to the show. So I hope everybody wants to give him a warm welcome. Hello, Rob. Welcome back to AGP. How are you doing? I am in a daze, but I am good. (laughs) Well, I'm figuring you're in a daze because of where you're just coming back from, but we'll get into that in just a little bit. But not only did you come back to the show today, you've brought a very special guest. So I would like everybody also to welcome Rob's daughter, Annabella. Hi, Annabella. How are you doing? Good. Great. I'm so happy to hear that. So let me ask you, do you absolutely love Halloween? Yeah. <laughs> yeah? <laughs> Is it one of your favorite holidays? Because it's my favorite holiday. Next to Christmas, Halloween is my favorite holiday. <laughs> Next to Christmas. Um, I'm guessing President Trump costume for you. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, you guess? Well, I found out through your father that you're also a writer. Is that correct? Well, I haven't actually published any books, but I write on my laptop a lot of times. And what do you like to write about? Um, mostly I like writing like humor and horror type stuff. <laughs> so you, you like to write stuff like your dad, things that are creepy but funny all at the same time? Yeah, kind of. Yeah? You think you're going to be able to publish soon and be like uber famous for all your amazing stories? I don't know. I'd say it's about like a 50-50 chance. <laughs> And what's your favorite thing that you've written so far? Um, Probably humor. I really like books that make me laugh. Oh, good. So do you ever, like, share your things that you write, let other people read them? Um, Usually I only let my mom or dad read them. I don't usually let anyone else read them for a while. Well, maybe you should start... You know what you should do? You should tell Dad at the next convention that he goes to that he has to take you. That way you can, like, let people read your stuff and, like, charge, like, a dollar for people to read some of your stories. Okay. (laughs) She's so agreeable. I love her. (laughs) So I even know you like Christmas more than Halloween, but you are excited for Halloween. What are you going to be this Halloween? Hermione Granger from Harry Potter. Nice choice. Very nice. Is she your favorite wizard? Yeah. Yeah. So if you were if you went to Hogwarts, would you hope that you get sorted in a Gryffindor house, or would you rather be in another house? 
I'd rather be in Hufflepuff. When I went to Harry Potter camp, that's where I was sorted into, and I actually really like Hufflepuff now. Nice. Not very many people take Hufflepuff. Unfortunately, every time I've been sorted, I always say unfortunately, I'm proud. I'm Slytherin House, and I'm proud of it. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm proud to be Slytherin. I, I'm cool with that. Professional Nick was a Slytherin, and he was the bravest man Harry Potter ever knew. So there. <laughs> So what are you going to do, go trick-or-treating, or what are you going to do for Halloween other than getting dressed up? I'm going to go trick-or-treating with my friend and her mom and my dad. And your dad? Nice. Dad doesn't steal all the candy, does he? No. Oh, good, because my dad always went through and took every Snickers bar out of my bag that he could find when I was little. I'm going to guess I'm lucky about that. (laughs) <laughs> well, do you want to talk about anything else? I don't know. <laughs> you don't know? Or do you want to let Dad go ahead and start talking about his books and his uh, trip that he just came back from? Um, I'll go ahead and, yeah, I'll go ahead and let Dad speak. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll do that. But remember, next convention, you get to set up with Dad start selling your stories, we'll get you out there, and we'll make that 50-50 into 100%. How's that sound? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that's it. You know what? I don't even need you, Rob. That was the best interview I've ever done. I'm done. No. (laughs) I understand. I'm I'm used to being upstaged by her, so that that is just fine. Hey! I can post all day on Facebook whatever, like, random things are happening to me, and I'll get, like, a few little comments or whatever. I post something, like, witty that she says, and, like, I get, like, 50 likes and crazy shares and comments, and she's way more popular than me. I'm just used to it. It's true. I've actually gotten candy from people where Dad works for that. (laughs) So you're, like, your dad's best promotioning bargaining chip tool. That is awesome. Like, hmm, how do I get followers? Here. This is my daughter, Annabella. She writes awesome stuff. And, oh, look, look at all my likes. That is the best marketing I've ever seen. Yeah, it's maybe the only big marketing I've ever really done, though, is being in Dad's trailer at Grouchy. That's right. She, nice. actually, she actually played Grouchy in my uh, my book trailer. Nice. And speaking of your books, um, she's kind of a little bit of the inspiration behind you writing the books that you write. Yeah, it's, it's it's all her fault, basically. Well, one, I before she was born, I only ever really wrote wrote poetry, and it wasn't until uh, wasn't until I became a dad that I I started writing fiction. Um, so she kind of she's the one that sort of flipped that switch. But then when she was four or five, she uh, she really got into the habit of watching Snow White. So I was obsessed. She was like she said she was obsessed with Snow White, and uh, we watched it several times a week and. I uh, just I saw it enough times that I I kind of just started to go a little crazy and um that's my talent I, me crazy that is your talent and I uh, yeah so I I I well you know this is kind of a kind of a lame ending wouldn't it be a lot cooler if if uh, the prince fights or the prince kisses snow and she wakes up as a deranged zombie um, that's that to me seemed like a lot better curse than just hey I'm gonna take all this effort and time and make this like powerful curse that, that puts her into the sleep, but, but a, a simple kiss will uh, will take care of that. 
So I, I, I like the idea of it of uh, the kiss being actually the the catalyst for uh, for the more viral phase of the curse. What is your demented ma? <laughs> How did you come up with zombies in your wife? I I don't know. You <laughs> to see the the shadows, I guess. Well, I have to admit, now when I first met you. This earlier this year, back at Gem City Comic Con, I was really intrigued by the stories, and I was very lucky enough to go ahead and get a couple of copies. We did the first interview. That was back in what January, February, March, April, May. Wow, has it has it has it gone by that quickly? Because it feels like you were like just on like a few months ago, and it's been all the way back in May. Um, and I was just really intrigued. You know, first off, I love the title. You know, the fact that they're all the scary tales. And yeah. at the time, we only had the first book, which was The Risen Snow, and the paperback form and everything else was still ebooks, correct? Right. Now, fast forward to now October, and we have That Wicked Apple and um, That Risen Snow that are now both in paperback. And you have all, all four of your books so far. You have a four, um, one through four, the Scary Tales box set, which is actually right now available in ebook format for Kindle, Nook, and Google Play, which is only $7.49 for four amazing tales of creepy and fun. Yep. And the, uh, the next installment is actually coming out this week. It's, uh, I haven't had a chance to do any promoting for it yet, but I just got home. But, yeah, it's... Uh, the fifth one um, is it's out. It's available, so I'll I'll be uh, starting to push that here in the next the next day or so. And the fifth book, what is that one titled? It is uh, that merciless truth, um, a scary tale of uh, Goldilocks and the Mummy. I don't remember a mummy in there. I remember three bears. But... <laughs> That's um, interesting. <laughs> I'm just picturing Goldilocks going up to like three mummies going, no, that one's too juicy, that one's too dry. No, that one's just right. Uh, thanks for putting weird, strange thoughts in my head. Thank you so much. You're welcome. That's, that's kind of <laughs> now, um, one of the things that I was so excited to hear is that you're over at a writer's um, convention um, this past weekend, correct? Yeah, it was actually, it was almost a week long. It, well, it started, it went from Wednesday to Monday. Um, but yeah, I've been, uh, been in Colorado at the uh, the Stanley Hotel, with the uh, Stanley Hotel Writers Retreat. That's uh, hosted by Dark Regions Press and kind of masterminded by uh, R.J. Cavender, who just did an amazing job of, of crafting for us uh, a very unique uh, experience um, it was it was just an incredible trip, an amazing journey. Met so many cool cool uh, horror writers, and it, it, yeah, it was amazing. And and the Stanley Hotel is, is just an incredible place. Uh, yeah, I mean you're at the Stanley Hotel, the shiny, every, the steaming. Oh my lord! Did you see anything creepy? I um, I mean the place itself is kind of it's it's pretty creepy. Like it's it's uh. A lot of long hallways. The stairwells are like the nice twisty kind of stairwells. That just that you know you, when you're when you're down at the bottom of the stairs and you look up, it's just it's it's got a very unique ambiance to it. Um, for some reason, like no matter what time of day, the lighting always kind of seems to be the same. Like it's it, it's a very dim kind of place. 
Um, and just it's it's but it's it's gorgeous and it's it's kind of a unique place because it, I mean it's obviously a very you know it's 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 a it's a very elegant setting. It's it's a very um, beautiful property, but um, so it's 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 very kind of like well to do. But it's also there's a, there's a kind of a nice laid backness to it. Um, it was perfect for a writing retreat. Like it was it was a nice setting, but it was it wasn't stuffy. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. It's it had a it was I, I felt very relaxed there and very very at ease. And and the staff was was pretty good about about taking care of all your needs and making sure you were happy. Um, it, was, it was an incredible place. For for those that don't know. Stanley Hotel is the is the hotel where Stephen King stayed, um, and uh, I think he he when he and I think it was him and his wife were there, um, but they um, they stayed a night and they were the only guests, and which I can only imagine would be a completely creepy experience. Um, I guess at the time that they, that they stayed, that the, the hotel wasn't doing very well, hence the fact that they were the only guests. Um, but he, him, that that night that he was there, it it, it inspired him to uh, come up with the idea for The Shining. Um, and uh, and then after that came out, uh, the, the hotel kind of came back into popularity. Um, and it wasn't actually um, the setting for Stanley Kubrick's uh, film, but it was the it was the setting used for the the TV miniseries that was made uh, several years ago. But it is known to be one of the most haunted places in America. Yeah, yeah, Which oh yeah, yeah. It's it's. Um, it is apparently quite quite haunted, and I, like I said, I didn't see anything. I didn't pick up anything. But I, I mean, a, a ghost could probably slap me in the face, and I wouldn't feel it. I, I just, I am not, I'm not in in tune with that 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 stuff. I, I I don't disbelieve. I've just never experienced anything. But the people that were there that I that I trust, and I have no reason to doubt about otherwise, definitely experienced stuff, and um, saw things, heard things, felt things. So yeah, there's there's definitely. And I mean, I would even say that yeah, there's some there's some spooky energy going around that place. I mean, I didn't pick, I didn't have any tangible thing happen to me, but yeah, it's there's there's a vibe there for sure. Well, it's definitely something that I've always one of the places that I wanted to go. I think that and um, it's the it's the sanatorium down in Louisville, Kentucky. Those are like two places that I just would love to go. And what's funny is Louisville, Kentucky is like a hop, skip, and a jump away from me, and I never end up going there. I never get there during Halloween, and they do these amazing tours. And I've always want, and I've done ghost hunting in the past as like just recreational fun type stuff, but it's Dude, you went to the Stanley Hotel and saw nothing. No red wrong, no twins, no. But, I mean, and the fact that you're like, it could have just slapped me in the face. Like, me, I would have been running around going, where's the ghost? Where are they? Which one's the haunted room? Can I stay in that one? <laughs> well, and actually, I, like, was even, I was on the, fourth, the top floor of the fourth floor, which is apparently the most the most haunted floor, and still, nope, didn't see anything. And I was prowling that place at all hours. I was, yeah, I mean, if, if I was going to something I, I would have. But uh, <laughs> I think I'm just not, I am just not sensitive to that stuff. It's true. You're ruining the Ouija board. <laughs> <laughs> Leave it to Rod to be the only man at the Stanley Hotel who goes, nah, I didn't see anything. Nah, it's cool. And the ghosts are going, I'm right here, dude. Seriously? Come on. <laughs> you leave it to you, of course. Now, like I asked her, you know, is Halloween one of your favorite times of the year? Oh yeah, I'm a total Halloween nerd. I, our family room out out there is uh, just packed to the gills with various decorations and monsters and creatures. 
Um, I, I make as big a deal about Halloween as I do Christmas for sure. I just, I love it. I, in the past I've made, I've made, uh, most of her Halloween costumes. Um, this year she did, she wanted to be Hermione and she, like she, she wouldn't, you know, I would offer like, well, you know, we can go get certain, you know, we can get a, we can get like a skirt or like a white button up. And she, she was not having it. She was bound and determined that she's going to put this costume together just with the stuff that she has. And, and that's cool. So that's, that's how we're going to roll. So, uh, since you are taking her trick or treating, who are you gonna be, Professor McGonagall, Dumbledore, or who are you gonna be? I'm gonna be Mad Max. <laughs> That's not very cohesive. Movie already. Come on. <laughs> you should, Annabelle. You should have made him dress up as like one of the professors at the school. At least Lupin. You should have gone with at least Lupin. Come on now. I was gonna be a Dementor, but. Um, You're demented. <laughs> but then I uh, I opted. I don't know. I've I've kind of had Mad Max fever since Fury Road came out. Yeah. It's an amazing movie. She disagrees, but um, but I loved it. And yeah, it just it felt like it'd be something fun to do. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sitting here laughing. You're like, I'm gonna be a Dementor. She's like, you're demented. <laughs> She's killing me with her one-liners. <laughs> yeah, she's too good for them. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and, and she just has this cute voice that goes along with it, so it just makes it that more funny. It just really does. By the way, Annabelle, you can guest host any time. You're more than welcome to at this point. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> so other than trick-or-treating, do you have any plans to do anything else? Because I know a lot of the comic book shops are having a Halloween fest where they're giving out free comic books. Yeah, I don't know. Um, we we may go to um, we may uh, we may go to Kings Island on Friday. Uh, they have you know the Halloween haunt that goes all through the month of October on the weekends, and um, you know they have a bunch of haunted attractions. I think they have like eleven haunted attractions. Um, we've 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 done that twice already this month, so we may do that. We may um, I think our school's having some kind of Halloween party. We may go check that out. Um, I'm actually there's a oh no, wait that's next weekend. Never mind. Um, so yeah, I'm not, I'm not hundred percent sure. We may also, just because I've been traveling so much, we may just chill out the new, uh, the new season of Gordimer Gibbons is going to be released on prime this weekend. And I don't know if you've seen it, but it is one of the most amazing heartfelt shows I've ever seen. It is just incredible. And we both love watching it. And so we, we may just do some binge watching of Gordimer Gibbons. I'm not sure. Yeah, sounds like a plan. I actually have not seen that show, but if you're saying it's good, I'm going to trust your opinion, and I'm definitely going to check it out. I myself, I love going to Kings Island. I love their Haunted Fest. I love watch, I love riding the beast late at night. It's like one of the coolest experiences ever. Well, she just, this little little creature sitting beside me, hey. just cracked the, the 54, 54 inches, right? The 54-inch yeah. mark. So she's she the last time we went was the first time she got to do she got to do uh, what? In Vertigo. Loved it. Diamondback. My favorite. Um, Firehawk. <laughs> Hated it. Hated it. Yeah. <laughs> and Flight of Fear. Liked it. <laughs> 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 you Firehawk. Not no, it's Firehawk. so awful. For those that haven't been on on the Firehawk, you it's almost like they they load you on the on the coaster like you're you're sitting up and then your seat kind of folds down to where you're you're basically lying down. And, like, in the coaster, it's almost like you're flying, which is really cool, but if you're not expecting it, it's a little it's a little, a little harsh, I guess. <laughs> I kept yelling yeah. so many times. 
<laughs> yeah, the first time I ever wrote it, which was the first year it was released, I was like, um, this isn't right. I'm a little nervous. If this, this, this is one of those things that if something goes wrong, I'm going to know real quickly, which makes it really nervous. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Beast will always be my favorite ride. I guess, one, it's the same age as me. It's literally four months older than I am. And it's just one of those, it's the it's a classic ride. It's been at Kings Island forever and an eon. And it, there's just something about the beast. I think my favorite thing is watching everybody. They put their hands up. As soon as the tunnel comes up, everybody's hand goes down simultaneously. Like, ooh, tunnel, hands down. Like, you know, everybody goes, nope, not going to put my hands up. Because I believe for the longest time there was the um, old wise tale that somebody had their hands up on the beast, and when they came around the corner because his arm length was too tall, like one of his arms got ripped off or something like that. And so ever since then, everybody has always pulled their hands down. (laughs) Yeah, I'm a big fan of Banshee. Like, that's my favorite. I love Banshee. I think it is just the smoothest, coolest. Fastest, twistiest, most amazing coaster ever. I, I love it. I have not been able to ride it yet. The lines have been just extremely too long, and it's like I don't have time for this. Well, we we always go like on weekdays. Like we've we've got season passes, so lots of times we just go after after work on a weekday, like on a Tuesday or Wednesday. And even like in the in the in the middle of summer, it'll it'll just be dead. Like there's nobody there. Um, it's on Tuesdays or Wednesdays, so we that's when we go. Because I I do not like to stand in line. Like I just I don't I have no interest in waiting in long lines. I don't I don't want to do it. So it's not fun. I'll be honest. I'd be one of those douchey people who goes and buys the fast track pass. Be like, oh, got in line. Here I am. Yay! <laughs> now I'm not I'm not all about sitting there waiting in line for 30 hours for 30 seconds. Uh, I want to get in. I want to get on the ride. I want to be able to. I mean, I remember back. And when I was little, when Kings Island was still, what was it, uh, Paramount's Kings Island, I used to be able to, like, ride a ride, like, two or three times, not a problem. Like, back in the old days, an hour wait was, like, 15 minutes. Now an hour wait is, like, four days. Yeah, really. Well, and that was, <laughs> this actually reminds me of something from the Stanley Hotel retreat, is uh, we actually, uh, we, we sort of all start, well, maybe a third of us, met up in Denver uh, sort of the night before the, the retreat started. Um, so this would have been on, a, on like, last Wednesday. And we uh, we went to the this haunted attraction in Denver called the 13th Floor. And oh. I've, been, I've been to a lot of haunted houses. This place was just off the hook. It was the best haunted attraction I've ever been in. And, like, the cool thing was, like, we all pull up and, you know, we, we're, we're – sort of in a convoy of a few different cars. We all come together, and they just let us go, like, right to the front of the line. I mean, there was a good long line out there, even on a even on a, a Wednesday. They let us go right on in, um, and it was just, like, so we felt for, you know, you walk in there feeling like a rock star, and then, like, I mean, it was, they, just, they, they had things that I'd never seen before. They had this one area that was, like, a, the sort of werewolf infested, and you, you come down this ramp, and you're in this little room, and above the next doorway, you can see, like, a werewolf crouch there. And he, he's kind of crouched like he's going to leap at you. And you're like, okay, what's he going to do? And I'm like, damned if he didn't, like, he was, like, on some kind of wire harness or whatever. Like, he shoots out and just, like, flies right over your head. And it is, like, the, it is the craziest thing because you're just not expecting that. You know what I mean? Um, you're not expecting yeah. the, the, the creatures to, to fly over your head. 
but they had that. They had these crazy animatronics that were just impressive. They had they had this one area that you went through where they used like laser lights and fog, and it it looked for all the world like you were walking through a bog of like waist high water, and it was like this green murky, and it looked like you were you were just walking through walking through water. And they even and they had like these kind of these zombie creatures kind of lurking in the depths and. It was incredible. Like it, it was just mind blowing, insanely, so much fun. And that right there, even started. You know what I mean? Like that was that was just sort of our, our pre-event event. And so it was a, an incredible <laughs> way to start to start the retreat. Yeah, and I've heard that place is actually quite amazing. I've seen it on television before. It's one of like the coolest places to go for Halloween. I've seen like. So, you know how they do, like, the coolest, like, haunted places to go type specials that they do around Halloween time, or at least back when you had television and you're able to see stuff like that? I've seen that repeatedly on television for that, and I've always wanted to go, but I kind of stay within my little tri-state area of Ohio, Indiana, and Kentucky a lot, so. <laughs> well, if you're ever out that way, check out 13th floor. It is amazing, yeah. It's to die for. No. <laughs> now, with everything else that's going on, you know, you have the new book coming out. When did you say the, this book will be out? It's actually, I, get, I checked earlier today on Amazon, and it's, it's out. I just haven't done anything to, uh, to start promoting it yet. Um, I haven't checked all the other sites like Barnes & Noble and Kobo and so forth, but um, it is out. It's available, um, and I'll have, it, I'll have info on my, uh, on my website. Here, probably, but sometime tomorrow I'll have all the info out on my website. And, of course, you know, if you go to his website, which is www.robboley.com, which is R-O-B as in boy, B as in boy, O-L-E-Y, you can also go ahead and subscribe to his newsletter. That way you can make sure that you can keep up to date as when the books are coming out in ebook form and when he gets them in their paperback form, correct? Correct. And I also, like, I try to send out, I try to send out like just a message once a month, and I always try to raffle away a prize for for people. And sometimes I'll toss out like if I've got a a story that's out of print, or even just a a, a new draft of a, of something I've been working on. I'll, I'll send out like a free short story every now and again. Um, but yeah, I try to I try to give people give people a little something for for being part of the part of the movement, part of the effort. That's um, just because it's I you know I appreciate all the support that I that I get. Um, yeah, and also I've got links to. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. So I've got I've got all those links on my website as well. Hello. Hi. I completely apologize for that. I think a bogart got into my phone and scared it for a second there. So I apologize for that. Um, what I was trying to say is I know you're also working on the sixth book. When do you expect that one to be out as well? It should, um, it'll be out in um, either January or February. It just depends. I'm gonna, I've got one more pass I want to give it to. It's, it's been written for a while, but I, wanna, I just want to check it out one more time, make sure I'm happy with everything, then I'm going to send it on to my publisher and, They'll put it through its paces, and and yeah, hopefully if, if things are kind of fast tracked well enough, then we can we can get it out there January or February. And just to recap a little bit, um, the first book starts you off with the Snow White tale, 
um, where she's bitten into the apple, she's in her deep sleep, everything's so beautiful, and then the prince comes and gives her a kiss, and she comes back as a zombie. And everything goes to, well, let's just say it, hell in a handbasket at that point. Because things go from bad to bad to worse to worse, and holy zombie. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, like the first, the first book is. I, I kind of feel like it's it's kind of like Night of the Living Dead. It's it's very, you know, it's it's very localized. It's you know, it's a very urgent. Like um, you're you're kind of experiencing it like almost in real time, um, and it's 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 a very local problem, you know. And then as the books progress, it gets more, you know, it, it goes from just being you know the, the small group of survivors. Then you've got like a whole town that's infested. Then you've got a whole kingdom, and like it definitely just keeps getting bigger. And uh, one of the fun things about that is, you know, the, I I think when you use magic, the 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 fun thing about magic is that it, it 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 should it should not be a stable thing, you know, that it always has consequences. And this curse that the that the queen Queen Adora created to inflict on Snow, like she didn't really realize like how out of hand it was going to get. Um, so you know the it. It's not just you know Snow wakes up a zombie and starts and you know starts biting people and affecting people and you've got this this one type of zombie that they're dealing with. But as as things progress, as the the storyline progresses, you know the it it kind of mutates and 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 the zombies get worse, the things that they're facing gets worse. So um, it's been a lot of fun like thinking of new ways like you know basically that that's all I think any kind of writing is is like okay how can I make this worse for my characters? You know I mean that's, it's all about <laughs> making things harder. Um, for your characters, so it's it's been a lot of fun to uh, to write. But one of, the, one of the aspects, though, of your book is that where most stories of anything of Snow White that anybody has ever writ, wrote, written, or read about, or seen Disney-wise, she's a very boxed-in little character. There's really not much to know about her. She doesn't seem like the most intelligent character. Oh, look, my evil stepmother's trying to kill me, and so I'm going to go run and hide in the woods, and I've been told what's going on, and I'm hiding out, and there's a strange old lady who's offering me an apple, so I'm just going to take it because that makes perfect sense. You actually did a lot of character design with the character Snow to make people understand a little bit more about her and why she would actually pick an apple from somebody she doesn't know, even though she knows there's someone out there to kill her. Yeah, I mean that that to me was like a pivotal kind of a, a pivotal moment for for that character because you know, if like you said, if if you know you're being pursued by powerful dark forces and you take an apple from a stranger, you there you know, that's that that doesn't uh, that doesn't bode too well for you. You know what I mean? So the more I got to thinking about it, it's like, okay, she could either be just straight up stupid, and I didn't want that. Like I didn't want to I I have no interest in 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 making her that character, or she could be someone that's troubled, you know what I mean, and somebody that's, um, so basically the way the way I sort of rewrote that scene, she was just like wicked hungover, kind of at the end of her rope, and um, and then, you know, you step back from there, okay, so why would she be hungover, why would she be, um, why would she be, you know, doing that to herself, drinking to forget, that kind of thing, and it, it just, and then I, I sort of started to get this portrait in my head of, of this very, like, this very troubled, rebellious um, spirit, and uh, and yeah, and then she kind of became this this fun character. Now the only like all all the the snow scene, the scenes where you you see her pre zombie, it's all told in flashback. Um, and actually, in the first book, those are my favorite scenes. The the flashbacks between her and the dwarf Grouchy, 
and Grouchy's basically the, the protagonist of the series. He's he's you know the the grumpy dwarf that is uh, secretly you know seriously pining for for Snow White. He's got a mad crush on her, and um, so he's he's if you, the thing he wants more than anything is just to to save her and stop this curse so that hopefully um, they can be together. Which that all by itself, when you start reading it and watching the character Grouchy, he definitely is such a wonderful character. I love him to pieces. It's just amazing to see how you took that one character and really developed him as well. You have some great character developing skills when it comes to your stories. Thank you. Well, it's, I mean, honestly, it's, it's pretty, when you, um, when you start with, with such iconic characters to begin with, you know, I, iconic kind of, um, almost like symbolistic kind of characters, um, it's, it's kind of, it makes it a lot easier. Like, I mean, there's just, fairy tales have, have, have great, uh, symbolism and visuals and it's a very rich environment. You, you know, like it's, it's not hard to make something grow in that kind of environment. You, you know what I mean? Um. But, yeah, he's he's fun. He's a lot of fun. Grouchy's a lot of fun to write. And then, of course, you didn't just stick with just that great, wonderful fairy tale land. You eventually, with book three, go into the tale of Beauty and the Beast and the Phantom of the Opera. And then in book four, it's about Red Riding Hood and werewolves. Well, vice versa, actually. The werewolf and Red Riding Hood, that's in book three. And then four, four gets pulls in Beauty and, uh, and Phantom of the Opera. And yeah, like I, I originally wasn't gonna pull in quite so many, but as it, it's kind of one of the things that you know, I, I the more I, I research different fairy tales, it's like, ooh, I want to use that, I want to use that. But I, you know, I, I read through almost all of the the old Grimm's fairy tales, and there's a ton of Easter eggs. There's a ton of like stuff spread throughout the all the books where it's just hinting at you know other characters and other stories. So if, if someone's a, a a fan of those tales they're going to notice a lot of fun little hidden treats in the, in the text. But, you know, I, the more you, the more I kind of researched the different characters and I was like, I just, it's, it's too much not, there's too many cool characters not to use them. And once I, uh, and also the kind of the same thing happened on the, on the horror monster side, once I pulled in like, you know, werewolves and Frankenstein, things like that, it's like, you know what? I love the old universal horror movies. I, I love those iconic characters, and um, the more I kind of like thought about how the book was going to progress and how I could break it up into into these into these, into these different books, is I realized you know, I want to use all of the universal characters. You know, I want to use I want to use the creature from the Black Lagoon. I want to use vampires. I, you know, I, I, you know, I want to put sort of put my own spin on all those characters. So that's by the time all nine books are out, I will have used all of the, the universal monsters. And just in case anybody heard that, yes, I squealed a little bit as soon as he said the creature from the Black Lagoon because I'm a huge creature of the Black Lagoon fan. I'm just, that's probably my favorite all-time universal monster ever. I have stuff of his everywhere, so I'm really intrigued when you get to him. And then it's funny because the fourth of your installment, the Malicious Storm, actually is my favorite of the fairy tale princesses. Um, Aurora is what she's named in Disney's version, Beauty and the Beast, or um, not, or, um, Beauty, um, I want to see you do a Sleeping Beauty. Now, this tale of Beauty and the Phantom, I do have to ask, are you talking Beauty and the Beast type beauty, or are you talking, like, Sleeping Beauty? Beauty and the Beast, yeah. There will be, 
I will I will get around to uh, Sleeping Beauty though. So so have no fear. Thanks. So see, I'm still I'm still waiting for mine because when it came to all of the old style Disney princesses, Aurora was my favorite. One, Disney needs to put her back in the blue dress because the pink doesn't look right on her. I'm just saying that out loud right now because I want to. Two, I just liked her character because she is one of the characters. She's like, okay, I'm hidden. I'm not supposed to talk to strangers. This dude shows up, and she's like, I'm not supposed to talk to you, like ever. Like, no, you're singing my song. Get out of my woods. Like, no. And for her to prick her finger, like, she was under the spell. So it really wasn't her fault. It was the curse that made her do it. It wasn't she was like, oh, well, tra-la-la-la-la, I'm going to go do this. It wasn't like that. Everybody thought she was safe. Here comes the curse. And so it was, I always liked that character. That, and I always thought she was very gorgeously drawn. I was like, well, if I was ever born, that'd be the one I want to be. So she ended up being my favorite. Of course, obviously, throughout the years, Disney has brought way too many girls out, and now it's really hard to pick a favorite because they're all pretty daggone awesome. I got to say, I mean, I'm I'm a definite Belle fan. I just I love I love the fact that she that she's smart, that she has a will of her own, that she reads, that um, she actually you know initiates action to like better her situation. And like, I mean, she's you know she's she's a strong character. She's she's she kicks ass. Like I really I really dig her. The fact, the fact that she is not, and I love, I love this. Here is a useless fact: the three twin girls, the triplets in Beauty and the Beast, are actually called the Bimbets. Really? That's their actual name. So here, here is your useless fact: that is actually what they're called. And those three irritate me. And I love the fact that Belle's like Gaston. No, he's egotistical. He's a jerk. And no. Just absolutely not. The only problem I had with that Disney movie whatsoever is when the beast turned into the prince, the prince was not cute. Like, <laughs> seriously, that was not a good-looking prince. Like, uh, could you at least make him somewhat hot? Possibly, maybe. This was, like, my only problem with it. But, no, I do like her as a character. Um, I would have to say the first real strong female character I saw from the Disney series would have to be Ariel just because of her teenage angst where, like, a lot of people got really upset with her. Her teenage angst, her teenage angst at 16 were pretty spot on. Hmm. Right on. I mean, I, I was worse than that at 16, so I, I think my dad would have loved it if I was only as poor, even if I could just have part of what she was, my dad would have been happy with that, because I was, like, way past her at her age. <laughs> but, no, I love... I love reading your books. I am actually starting. Um, I had finished or I had read both the first two, and then I wanted to reread them because I got them when you had your book launching for the second one, That Risen Snow. I finally actually just finished rereading the second one, which I do want to say congratulations on having either four out of four and a half stars or five stars out of five stars on Amazon.com. So congratulations on your books for that. Thank you. You're welcome. And so now I'm going back to the e-books that you so graciously um, helped me get. And I'm definitely getting ready. I think I mixed them up in my thing because I did actually put the Malicious Storm next. So I'm going to have to switch those around and get to the uh, Ravenish Moon first. And then I'll get to the Malicious Storm. But I'm very excited to read both of those. And I can't wait to find out when I can afford book five. And I can't wait to see when six comes out. Now, on top of everything else that you're doing, I know that you also go to conventions. Uh, do you have any other conventions that you have planned for the rest of the year? Um, I think 
the only one this year in that you know calendar year I'm pretty sure is uh, I'm doing the Stebbins Con, uh, which is just, it's a very local thing here in Dayton. Um, that I'll, and I'm not even sure of the day. I think it's it's early December. Uh, it's just a w- little one day thing. I'm gonna do that, and then um, next year, I mean, I'll be back at Gym City Con. I'll do a uh, tricon down in West Virginia. Um, I'm not sure. I, I don't know um, how many. I mean, there's only you know you've only got so much time. You know that's that's the thing. There's and there's definitely a lot of, especially after going to a family hotel writers retreat. There's there's a lot of events like that I want to do too. Like there's. It's it's cool to be at the at the cons where you're you know you're meeting fans and you're you're talking to people. I do I love that. I love interacting with people, but I also I love hanging out with with horror writers like um, at at these events. And there's there's a great event, StokerCon, that's coming up in Las Vegas next year. Stanley Hotel is back again next October. Um, there's so there's a lot of cool stuff coming up, and and uh, it's going to be hard to resist that. Well, the, the thing is the thing with writing, you know, it's it's a very solitary kind of kind of effort. And uh, it's uh, it's nice to be one. It's nice to be around writers at any, any kind of event where you know you're you're around fellow writers. But especially when you're around horror writers, I mean, I, I just gotta say, like they're they're the best the the best horror writing most fun. I am sorry that my phone is possessed right now. Sorry. Oh, well, that's okay. No, it's uh, not the host, and my phone keeps going. No, you're not the host. Goodbye. No, no, I'm the host. It's my show. My name's right there. I can see it. <laughs> but no, I, I know how conventions work out. I mean, look, if it was for Gem City of this year, we wouldn't have met, and you wouldn't have been able to be on the show twice. So, see, conventions do work out, and it is a great way to meet new and interesting people and get your work out there, plus when you see old fans. Absolutely. And I love, like, I mean, I love, uh, I mean, I had a little bit of that at at Gem City this past year, some some people that, I had met or talked to you know, previously, and um, kind of touching base with them again. And so, yeah, it is it is fun when you start to when you start to um, recognize faces. And, and yeah, it's just it's I love I love meeting with people. And the fact that you know the fact that I can write something and someone's willing to sit down with it for you know however many hours it takes to to get through one of these books, and uh, and just kind of immerse in in in, in a world that, that I created, like that is so humbling. And it it still blows my mind, you know, when I, if I'm, uh, just when I have somebody out of the blue contact me on Twitter or Facebook or something and tell me they like my books, like, like I mean, if, if that is just the kindest thing you can do to, for a writer is, is to just to, to shed, you know, people, I don't know if people realize like that, that, that is a really kind thing to do. And it is, it is always great to hear, you know, that, that someone enjoyed, enjoyed reading something. Definitely. Well, I know that you got to get going, so, you know, we are cutting this a little bit shorter than we normally do because I know that you got to get moving by 7.45 and it's 7.43. Um, so you'll be at Stebbins Con, um, which will be December 5th in 2015, which will be up in Dayton, Ohio at the Stebbins High School. And would you please tell everybody where they can find you online? I'm at uh, robbowley.com. That's R-O-B-E-O-L-E-Y.com. All right, and they can also find you on social media at www.facebook.com forward slash rob.boley, and they can also find you on Twitter at Rob Boley, correct? That is correct. Yes, indeed. Okay, great. Well, everybody, we want to say thank you so much to Rob for being able to join us on the Tuesday before Halloween. 
Um, he's got a lot of work to do and some promotions to get on for book number five, so we're going to go ahead and let him go. But thank you so much for being on the show. As always, everybody, uh, you're welcome. Sorry. Um, as always, everybody, uh, as always, make sure that you check out Amanda Gillum Presents over on Facebook. You can follow my personal page, which is Amanda Gillum. Follow us on Twitter at LadyVader79. And if you have an account here on TalkShoe or if you don't want to make one, and please rate the show, leave some comments, because we love to hear what we can do to make the show better for you. In the meantime, I hope that you all have a happy Halloween, have a creepy dream, and hopefully no zombie apocalypse will actually start this Halloween. At least maybe it'll wait till after, because we all know that Halloween is scary enough without real monsters coming out. Until next time, again, we thank you, Rob, for joining the show. I hope that you'll want to come back. Oh, absolutely, and I, and I wanted to say bye as well. <laughs> oh, go, please, say bye. <laughs> And, of course, we want to thank Annabelle because I don't think this show would have been half as funny without her one-liners. And until next time, happy nightmares, and we will see you all next week at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Good night. Bye. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.